Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up. This is April 8th, 2022, and this is a new segment, which will be a short audio-only segment every Friday, where I look at a couple of items in the security and privacy news that you may or may not have noticed, talk about them, and then have a couple of thoughts about that afterwards. As always, for the wrap-ups, the links to the articles will be in the show notes on your podcast platforms. The first article I wanted to look at today uh, comes directly from Tech Republic, and it talks about ratings with regards to cyber attacks and cyber postures. Now, quote directly from the article, as cyber attacks and data breaches grow bigger and more frequent, companies that do not build strong cybersecurity defenses may fuel a direct financial hit even before hackers show up. In a report published on March 30th, S&P Global Ratings warned that, quote, companies that do not incorporate cyber risk mitigation strategies into their corporate governance and risk management frameworks could face ratings pressure even before an attack. In other words, we're looking at the insurance coverage industry becoming more proactive or continuing their quest to become more proactive in risk rating organizations with obviously the cause to help bring down um, claims and payments. The article goes on to state that it will use NIST standards to measure a cyber uh, company's cybersecurity. The agency will consider how a company addresses these five core NIST framework functions. And they don't talk about the exact NIST standard, but it's obvious that since the five um, framework functions are from the NIST cybersecurity framework, that that's what they're looking at. Our second article comes from Tech Republic, and we're focused a little bit more here on privacy where the FBI has invested millions of dollars into social media tracking software, according to a report from the Washington Post. This article details that the law enforcement agency has invested up to $27 million in software that monitors platforms such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, the dark web, when not really sure exactly what that refers to here, VK and Telegram. So in other words, the FBI is continuing their their process of intelligence gathering. And of course, everything that you put out on social media, you might want to consider as being public, just like a postcard in the mail. We've talked about that with email over the past several years or decades, actually. Um, but as always, when when you have a government agency that's sort of pushing the boundaries, there's also some pushback, and you have this ebb and flow. Uh, as the article notes, while some may view this procurement of the software as a deterrent to harmful and potentially dangerous social media discourse, others feel this may end up being an infringement on civil liberties. The FBI says that it expects the 5,000 licenses to run 20,000 keyword searches on the multiple social media platforms per month. But they also go on to say that that's merely an estimate. So more data mining going on there. And speaking of data mining, this is actually from a few weeks ago, but I thought it was worthy to bring up. 
an article from TechCrunch. This is from February 7th, 2022. The IRS will not make you verify your identity with facial recognition after all. Uh, the IRS announced plans to back away from a third-party facial recognition system that collects biometric data from U.S. taxpayers who want to log in to the agency's online portal. Some of you may have experienced this, where you're filing your federal income tax or um, other other actions with the IRS that they had implemented a new system for identification, including um, facial recognition biometrics. Uh, and apparently there's been enough pushback on this to, to cause the IRS to change their mind. And again, this kind of gets back to what I was talking about with the other article about um, you have this pushback back and forth that sometimes it will change regulation. So those are our three articles for the day. I'm going to take a quick pause here for a little note from our sponsor and then be back for the wrap-up thoughts and other event news. Information security for small and mid-sized businesses. It is a new guide from VCSO Services that you can buy. It is available in paperback and in uh, ebook form on Amazon and other locations. It is packed full of information garnished from many years of virtual CISO experience working with small and mid-sized businesses presented in a manner not only where you can read it sequentially or you can go to the topic of your choice. And just looking at it, some of the choices here that you have, information classification and handling, governance, policies and procedures, audits, uh, training, and a description about what the virtual CISO is. It also has a section on frameworks, including the NIST cybersecurity framework, which we just talked about a few moments ago. So if you're interested, go out to Amazon, Information Security for Small and Mid-Sized Businesses, and the link for this is in the show notes as well. I have a few thoughts about, to expand upon what we've just uh, read as far as these articles. The first comes down to cyber risk ratings and insurance coverage and uh, payouts. Of course, cyber insurance is is still a growing field. I wouldn't say it's new. I would say that it's on its way to, to some level of maturity. And just like any other insurance policy, one of the most basic forms of advice is to make sure that you check the details of your cyber insurance policy. Assuming that you have cyber insurance, it might not be a bad idea to do a risk assessment, particularly a quantitative risk assessment, in order to determine if you need coverage and consequently what sort of level of coverage you may have for your cost exposure. We have we've spoken about quantitative risk analysis on this podcast before and probably will dive into that again. But basically, you want to make sure that you're not spending $100,000 to solve a $50,000 problem. And con consequently, as well, you want to make sure that your, your coverage is in line with um, what your losses may be. But regardless, it does point out the need for a proper framework implemented for small and mid-sized businesses. This is actually an article uh, that references all businesses, but it applies to small and mid-sized as well too. And the cybersecurity framework is one of the uh, ones that we recommend, for example, to look at as far as implementation goes. Uh, 
Following a framework doesn't guarantee you security, but it does help with identifying gaps. And also, if you can prove that you've done your due diligence in trying to follow a framework and keep up with it, then that might help should you ever have to suffer the unfortunate event of a cyber claim. Now, the other two articles dealt about privacy. And privacy is not inherently a solely an information security issue, but of course, there are connectoids. And probably the most obvious one is that in order to keep data private, there has to be sufficient controls in place. And I find it fascinating about the ebb and the flow, the pushback, and and then how that happens. So the first article talked about privacy concerns for social media users and noticed, noted that there was some pushback. It could be an infringement of civil liberty. So this is the beginning of that process. Whereas the second article was apparently the result of that process where there was sufficient pushback where as far as the cultural risk appetite for privacy for the United States, that the facial recognition for the IRS was potentially going beyond that. I found that fascinating, but it also left me with a question that I'll leave you with. When this information is collected, and in particular with the IRS, what happens to the information? Sure, the IRS does not plan to continue with this program, but undoubtedly they've already collected thousands of data points from thousands of people. What are they doing with that information? What is their data destruction and retention processes? And is this checked? I don't have an answer for that. If you do, I would definitely like to hear from you and we'll follow this up in a future virtual CISO moment wrap up. And that's all I have for today's show. I would like to emphasize that uh, at the end of this month, I believe it's April 28th, that VCSO Services will be at the Tennessee Bankers Association Conference in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, which is actually our hometown. And if you're in the area and you're attending, we look forward to seeing you. And we'll have a free copy of the book that was talked about at the break. If there's anything else that uh, you would like to comment on about this episode, I'd love to hear back from you. And until then, stay secure.